Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Driven by Design. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you the future of cars and car design. One conversation at a time with the man who seems to know everybody in this field, our custom car designer himself here, Brian Thompson. Welcome, sir. Hello. hello. Hi, everybody. Um, really special day today. We have been doing the show on the road for the last couple of months. I have been traveling all over the country painting and being inspired by different climates and lights. And so today I come to you from Florida, uh, Miami, Florida, to be specific, down with the Cubanos. Uh, but our guest, who I'm very excited to have on the show, is Chris Brown. Not that Chris Brown. Uh-uh. He's a lot nicer. Um, Chris Brown, the car designer. Uh, Chris Brown is not only a car customizer, car customizer, car designer, which I'm really excited to break that down and unpack that. But also, he's one of the and a former curators of the Peterson Automotive Museum. Anybody who loves cars will know the Peterson in Los Angeles as they have one of the most unique collections on the planet, including a golden DeLorean in the basement. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I love that. As my grandpa would just say, I'm just proud to be here. That's right, <laughs> so, man. Uh, I want to dive right into it. Uh, these are quick shows, so I really want to get it into it. But let's kick it off with um, you. So you are a car designer, uh, yep. such as myself. And you address and work in a very unique side of the field, which is car customization. Um, one of the things I love people to understand about that is the difference in the two jobs. One, you know, car designers typically work at a car company and they'll create something for a new market for mass production. But a car customizer will take something and can make something totally different from it. And um, why don't we start a bit and tell us about what your business does and what um, what's its objective and, and who's your audience? Well, um, my audience is really anybody who uh, has the wherewithal to design and, and build the car of their dreams. Um, we tend to uh, do a lot of uh, American classics. That seems to be the uh, the bulk of what I do. Um, but I, I love all kinds of cars from all over the world, so I'm always open to, to new things. Um, what I do is I take a look at the car and um, – Try to figure out what the essence of that design was uh, from from when it was originally designed, and then find ways to enhance that design that uh, not only complement it, but maybe we get rid of some of the things that were done for production reasons that maybe the design staff didn't necessarily want to do, but had to, mm -hmm. <laughs> because that happens a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And just find ways to personalize the vehicle uh, for the particular client and uh, make it function the way they want it to function. Uh, usually that means go faster, go around a corner better, stop better, all that kind of stuff. But uh, on my end of things, it's the aesthetics. Um, we we want to make that car a really cool car. We want to make it more memorable uh, than mm -hmm. everything that's parked around it. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most, uh, the one of the largest misnomers I, I run into as a car designer is people often think of car design as uh, an engineering job with people in lab coats in a very right. clinical environment. And sometimes it's portrayed that way in the media and advertising yeah. and stuff. And it really is an, a, it's an art job. And I love what you said about the aesthetics of cars because, you know, uh, it, 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 certainly as I grew up, I was very much into the art of drawing and, and creating things that were very conceptualized. And 
I, I wasn't a gear monkey, a gearhead. I didn't understand the mechanics of cars until later. And I think that's really important to what you're talking about is you're talking about taking something that had a styling or design intent, taking the dream that a designer had and either pushing that dream to a new direction or trying to deliver upon the dream that the original designer had from an aesthetic standpoint. Um, and yeah. I, I'd love you to dive into that. Maybe a good way to do that is can you use a car that you're very proud of as an example? Um, yeah, well, we just a uh, uh, little while back finished a car that we uh, we named Brute Force. Uh, it's a 1955 Chevrolet Bel Air uh, two-door sedan. And um, the car is originally kind of a, a basically it's a rounded box. You know, it's, it's a very rectangular car uh, with rounded edges. And so I had to use that aesthetic try to make the car a little sleeker without losing what makes it a 55 Chevy. So we completely we completely um, reworked the whole front end of the car, all brand new sheet metal, and made the whole front of the car kind of uh, slope down a little bit towards the towards the bumper. Um, <laughs> and then it went, the, those surfaces all became tangent with the uh, with the doors um, when they got to the middle of the car. And we did a number of other touches on that car and it it gave the car a completely different appearance, yet you look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's 55 Chevy. So all the details on the car still still are very familiar, but they're completely different. The surfaces, the lines, everything ends up changing, yet there is there is some familiarity. So it becomes the most, uh, I guess, polished version of uh, what we started with. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about the way you communicate, uh, especially on your website, which is Brown Auto Design. Is that correct? Yep. Brown Brownautodesign.com. Like the color. For those you want to go check it out while we're talking, I'll also have some visuals up here when we edit this video together. And then but there's a great the video of that car on there, too, that uh, my, my friend Scott Council put, uh, put together for. Encourage people to watch it. And one of the things I love about the way you communicate is... There's a nice drawing that lays out the, the original gesture of the vehicle and how you've adjusted that. And that really tells the story of what a lot of what car design is about. Um, you know, it's really about getting a stance, a proportion, a mood, yep. a feeling, all of these things that, that the mechanicals of the car live inside of. But you take it a step further where you also design the mechanicals. And, yeah. I, and I really yeah. wanted to talk about that a bit because I love like, something is as let's say forgotten as the mufflers or the exhaust pipes on the under the underside of the car which doesn't get seen you've actually addressed those and you've done beautiful i would assume hand finishing work here so that that shape just flows out of the pipe into is that the muffler and yes, then back yep. into the pipe again so i think that's a really unique thing that you do because a lot of it's sort of for production design that part of the car is often you know left to the engineers yeah, uh, so to speak. It's functional, it would, no form, just function. Just function, yeah. Form literally follows function. And what I love that you've you've retained the function, uh, but you've elevated it. Maybe get a bit into that because a lot of our audience are people who are are artistic or are interested in this field, but don't really know where to get into it. And I think uh, they can be discouraged if they find out that oh, I, you know, I'm I'm an artist, not a me me mechanical guy, and they think they're going into the wrong kind of field. But you've merged both. Can you talk a bit about your, your sort of interest in those details? Well, on this particular car, the client, uh, Bob Matranga, he wanted the car to, everything on the car to be uh, unique and one of a kind. So there was, there was literally nothing on the car that wasn't 
uh, either made from scratch or modified other than maybe, you know, the spark plugs. I mean, everything, even the tires have, have been modified. So um, when it came to something like the exhaust, we looked at it and went, okay, how could we make this beautiful? Well, we're going to hand make it all out of stainless and polish it anyway, which is kind of the standard thing for a car at this level. But what could we do to take it one step beyond? Well, I look at I look at every part. The muffler mm-hmm. is is a component. You know, you kind of need to have that. Um, otherwise, the car gets a little bit too loud. And went okay. Well, how can we how can we make this really interesting? We can, you know, a standard muffler. You know, the way they're welded together and everything, they get kind of lumpy. Even the nicest ones. So I said, well, what if we took tubing, uh, the same exhaust tubing, and made the muffler seamlessly blend into the rest of the exhaust pipe uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and the exhaust system. So we made our own baffles inside and that sort of thing and welded it all together. And, and now it's just this super sleek shape. So, you know, it's something that most people go, why would you spend your time doing that? But in this case, I had the freedom to design that and I took it. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I think that's, you know, if this car were to fly, uh, which, you know, it almost looks like it could do, you would spend a long time looking at the underside of the car just for the wonder of it, right? Like, you know, I've, yeah, in my yeah, busy career, I've worked on, um, you know, Blue Origin th- capsule type things. Actually, I did some early sketches for Blue Origin. And one of the first things we that I remember having it was an epiphany is that in space, uh, there is no up and down. So you got to under- design the underside of everything because that will eventually be the upper side. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I love the way you've addressed that in your work. Um, if you, one of the things I want to give you time to talk about really is, uh, telling the story of how you got into design. But before we jump into that, I, I really want to dive into one more detail here because okay. I think it's a really important one to tell the story of this car. So the 55 Chevy, you know, it's a classic, it's an amazing car. Obviously the 57 is the one that people go to as sort of the seminal iconic car of the fifties from general motors. Right. But the 55 always had this sort of corseted waist, right? Which was very vertically Mm -hmm. oriented to the rest of the gesture of the car. And what I've noticed that you've done is you've kept that cinched waist, but you've just shifted the posture of it so that it leans in to the gesture. And I think I love it so much. It gives me the chills when I look at it. Can you talk about why, how you did that and why? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Back, Back then, when that car was designed in the 50s, they called that the Sweetheart Dip. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of a corny name, but that's what they called it. And um, the side trim on a 55 Chevy, there's a vertical component to it, a horizontal piece. And the vertical part uh, leans the opposite of the way we did it. We wanted Mm -hmm. to make the car sleeker, um, so we, uh, we leaned it forward. And to facilitate it mating to the car properly at the top, we actually had to cut out the little piece, uh, the little valley at the top of that and swap it one side of the car for the other to get the angle just right. Oh, that's kind <laughs> of genius. To get that to fit. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it, it was, uh, you know, it was, we, we took the side trim, the, the overall look and feel of 55 Chevy side trim, but we completely changed it and then added a second finish to it and uh, really made a dramatic statement with it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, if you even if you if you know 50s cars, you look at it and you go, okay, I recognize the year of this car, but wait a minute, something is different. And it really takes a moment to sort of spend some time with the car and be like, oh, that's what she did. Like yep. she totally changed yep. it. And it's like, I just love these little surprises that you did. 
Yeah, that car um, is uh, that car has got uh, a million of those little Easter eggs hidden hidden throughout the car. I mean, there's it it uh, when I presented the car um, at the first event we went to, it took me 45 minutes to get through the whole list of all the stuff we did to it. I can imagine, and I didn't take a breath. So, who <laughs> <laughs> was time for that? Right, um, exactly. The chassis alone could be its own design. You know, and it's it's funny because I, I think of these cars now, which have you know they've, they've maybe hit their peak pl- pl- uh, classic dumb, but like this was a uh, Greg Brady's car, right? This is the, the jalopy that he brought home, not the specific model. He had yeah. a 55 or 56, maybe it was a 56, but very similar. And at the time, you know, it was the laughing stock of the Brady Bunch uh, family, right? But you right. know, it was a 20 year old used car. Exactly. It was just a used car. But I think uh, my takeaway from that is good design is always good design. And even if it's not appreciated in its context, it one day will be. Absolutely. And this is a great example of that. I want to give you some time to really to chive in a bit about your story, because part of the show is about inspiring people to do things that they may be afraid to do, but have mm-hmm. a passion for. And you've had a very circuitous route, um, if I can say that, a scenic route into design. And I, I feel like you've really created your own job can you talk a bit how you got into doing these cars and others sure yeah i um i grew up in ohio and i uh, wanted to uh well I, I well basically been drawing hot rods since i was a little kid and um wanted to get into that and after after high school i went to uh, columbus college of art and design and i was doing product design there but it just wasn't I don't know. It just wasn't sparking me. You know, I just, I, there was something missing cause I wanted to do car stuff, you know? Yes, and, I do. And I was lucky enough that, um, hot rod magazine had just created, this is 95, just created a, a new event, uh, that they call the power tour that went from the Peterson automotive museum, which that was the year they opened 1995 left uh, the Peterson Automotive Museum, and it was anybody who wanted to be a part of it could be a part of it. So it was a basically a long parade of hot rods driving cross-country to Norwalk uh-huh. Raceway Park, uh, oh, cool. which, which I think has uh, got a different name now, but uh, in uh, Norwalk, Ohio, a few minutes from my parents' house. And they had an event there called the Power, Power Festival, um, which I think just happened last week again. Um, so they went there, and uh, I, of course, it was summertime. I, and my dad and I went there to check out the cars, and we're walking around, and um, came across uh, Troy Trepanier, uh, who has a company called Rad Rides out of Mantino, Illinois. And Troy uh, builds some of the the coolest stuff out there. And um, I talked to him, and I said, you know, I really want to design hot rods, but I don't really know how to get into this. What should I do? Mm-hmm. He said, well. You know, on Monday, I'll be back at the shop. You give me a call, and uh, I got somebody for you to talk to. I said, oh, okay. Sounds great. So, you know, just I'm just a dumb college kid, you know. And so I, so Monday, I give him a call, and um, he, he gives me this number and this name, you know, call this number, talk to this guy. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know who it was, you know. And so I call the number, and the person on the other end, end of the phone says, Hot Rods by Boyd, how may I help you? <laughs> that's awesome and i went oh i know who that is because i, I know you know i read hot rod magazine man this guy's the, the top guy you know yeah. and uh I, I said well you know my name's chris blah 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 blah, and I, i'm i'm looking for a guy named chip foos and 
I it was right before Chip started being on the cover of Hot Rod all the time, so I really didn't know who he was, and uh, and I so I asked for him, and and you know I throughout the course of the summer had a conversation with the guy and sent him some artwork, and and uh, he got back to me, and said, you know, if you want to do what I do, you, you should go to Art Center. This is this is the place. He, so. he told you where to go. Yeah. yeah. So I came out here, checked it out, and decided I got to do this, and. Here I am, you know, I just, just kind of kept going for it. I, you know, what I love about your story, you know, I, I have, I have the, the, the similar story with John DeLorean, you know, it takes one person to yeah. take a minute out of their time to tell you these things that are so obvious once you're in the field, once you do this job, whether it's in automotive or movie set design or becoming an actor or a politician or anything, it just takes one person to go, Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this busy day I have and I'm going to answer this kid's questions. And it opens up the mental blocks that you have in front of you. And yep. I just I love your story because that's what happened for you. Well, you um, got to, you know, opportunity doesn't happen if you don't put yourself out there in front of people who could make it happen. Now, you don't know when you're networking or anything else if, you know, you're going to come across the right person or if they're even going to care about your story. But, you know, if you don't ever go anywhere or don't ever talk to anybody, then those dreams, it's, it's really hard to make them happen. You know, that's a great way to put it too, because I think as we wrap up here, you know, it's, it's the two sides of it, right? Is when you, it's like always seeking and putting yourself out there and not being shy to go for your dreams. Then on the flip side of it, always taking the time to answer a question. If somebody comes to you with a question, yeah. e even if you may be having the shittiest day, you yeah, know, absolutely. Like, yeah. You know that. And I think you do that. I'm certainly, I, you know, appreciated that when we reached out to you for the show, you, you responded right away. And I, and I see that in you. So, you know, I just want to thank you for telling your story on this uh, little podcast we have here, because I think it's, you I know, do. it's a show about inspiration. Um, definitely want people to check you out at Brown Auto Design. Uh, are you, what are your socials? Like, are you um, on Instagram? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Brown Auto Design. That's where I put all the, all the stuff I'm working on, kind of the behind the scenes. And I also have another uh, one that's uh, Inspirato, I-N-S-P-I-R-A-U-T-O. And that's uh, some of my stuff and some of other people's stuff that I just find interesting and inspirational. Oh, I love that. I didn't know about that one. And I will definitely check that out. Uh, you know, we could dive into so many of your works. And you have like just, I, I imagine, stories upon our stories. So I do invite you to uh, come back. We can do this again remotely. Absolutely. But yeah. thank you so much. And, um, you know, thank you to Paul for for uh, producing this today. Uh, this is just really good stuff. Everybody check out Brown Auto Design. Uh, check out Chris's work. It's just really a super talent. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. Well, there you have it. Another reason to tune in each and every time to Driven by Design. The one show that gets you in the head of the designers out there. What are they thinking? Where are they going? Where's this whole thing heading? Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net. <laughs>